right, welcome everyone to the pre-sermon podcast. This is Evan. I'm here with Hayden, and we are here to help you, be uh, to train you to be able to lead your life groups well this week with some content uh, based on this Sunday's sermon. So congratulations, Pastor Hayden. You have completed the first chapter. You exegetically broke down chapter one of Colossians. How do you feel about that? Pretty good. Uh, two months, one chapter, that's, that's pretty fast. So I'm really looking forward to getting into the first five chapters of uh, five chapters, five verses of chapter two with you guys this weekend. Uh, we'll have a pretty good flow when it comes to our pre-sermon podcast, but the uh, first thing we want to do is kind of talk about the current series we're in. Pastor Evan, would you talk to us a little bit about uh, the significance of the current series and, and really what we're hoping to uh, uh, build our church toward with this series? Yeah, so well, the focus. This is we are continuing our study in Colossians with the first five. Next, the first five verses of chapter two. We are continuing the se- series of watching, well, building upon the series of building God's church. And this, our hope is, as we build God's church, we're a ten-week-old church. We want to make sure that we're using God's word and His instructions and guidance as we continue to build Compass Bible Church he- here in Texas, in the Hill Country of Texas that we follow God's instructions of how to build His church. Great. And that's really what Paul is doing here in Colossae. It's a pretty young church. Paul's never seen them, as we will see here in the first uh, verse of chapter 2. And Paul's really given some great insight of the things that that he's hoping for, the things he's working hard to accomplish uh, so that the uh, church there in Colossae will grow. Uh, And the first thing we want to do is give some insights to the text. And uh, one of the first insights I'll introduce is uh, Paul's apostolic ministry, uh, something I don't talk about as much uh, in uh, the sermons on Sundays because of lack of time and uh, the brevity of uh, what we need to go through as we talk verse to verse, uh, is Paul's apostolic ministry. When we read this, uh, we always hear Paul talking in the first person. Uh, For instance, in verse 1, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you. Uh, And something for us to keep uh, in mind as we are leading our life groups this week and as I'm preaching is, uh, you know, verse 1 is uh, definitely... Uh, descriptive of Paul's responsibility as the apostle to the Gentiles. And so it's uh, something that pastors have to be careful in doing here is to look and make sure that, hey, we're not all apostles to uh, the uh, the Gentiles, but Paul is, and this is part of his apostolic work. And so one of the challenges we have as preachers and you have as life group leaders is to say, hey, you know, Paul may have been imprisoned, Paul was stoned, Paul was uh, shipwrecked, all these things. Uh, it's really a descriptive describing what Paul went through to plant these churches. Of course, you and I, to be faithful followers, don't have to go through all those things. And so when we look at these scriptures, we have to say, all right, this was uh, definitely describing what Paul went through, but how does it impact the way we ought to be building God's church? And so as we jump into this text and these five verses, I want to make sure that we uh, place Paul's apostolic ministry in the proper place so then we can see, okay, these are things Paul was doing, but how does that translate into the work of ministry that we have to accomplish uh, this week in building God's church here in New Braunfels? And that's really what we'll focus on, but keeping Paul's apostolic ministry in focus is going to help you and I uh, apply this scripture more clearly. Uh, anything you would add to uh, another insight to the text, Pastor Evan? Yeah, excuse me. With the Apostle Paul, his his writing is out of a love for 
God's church, not just the churches that he's planted. As Pastor Hayden alluded to, he didn't plant you know, the Colossae church. He didn't plant the other churches around it. It was Epaphras. And his love for God's church planted those churches out there in, in that region, in that valley. And what Paul, what we're seeing is Paul's love for God and Paul's love for God's church. And it's so deep that he, his intense love for those he's never met. And so that's something that as we, yeah, we're, Pastor Hayden and I are not apostles, but we can emulate the love that Paul had. And as life group leaders, you can emulate the love that Paul has for your own life group as we show God, our God's, our, the love for God as we love this church. We want to make sure that you have that same love for your life group. That's good. With that idea of love, love often includes struggle. And as I was putting together this sermon series, I almost titled it uh, something that has to do with the struggle that we have in participating in the ministry of Christ. Because when you look at uh, the end of chapter 1 into the beginning of chapter 2, we hear about the struggle of ministry and even the uh, persecution of Paul, uh, the afflictions of Christ, the afflictions of Paul doing ministry for Christ, and also the struggle that he has in building God's church. And uh, although we may not see ourselves shipwrecked or in prison for our faith, uh, what we also have to understand is in loving uh, God's people and loving the lost and hoping to see them come to Christ, we understand that ministry requires struggle. And it's going to require a lot of struggle on our part to sacrifice things that uh, we uh, once really prioritized. Now that we are maturing in our faith, we're here to build the church of God in our local context. And it's going to be struggle. And uh, although we're not an apostle, uh, but we're all saints of God, that we have to make sure that we're doing the hard work. And it is going to take uh, struggle. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take inconveniences, as we've talked about before. And something you can really be pushing in your life group this week is the struggle of ministry and how that struggle of ministry really brings out the manifestation of uh, the kingdom of God here on earth as people see the church of God outwardly working and uh, sweating and doing the hands and feet work of the ministry of Christ. Uh, those are really some key insights to the text. I and mean, then there are others like the mystery of Christ uh, that we've talked about already. Uh, and at the end of chapter 1 that we'll be going into uh, chapter 2, and as a matter of fact, through the rest of Colossians. So always be keeping the mystery in Christ uh, and uh, the work of Paul to the Gentiles, declaring that gospel in view as we look through the rest of this text. Uh, but the next section of things we want to talk about is talking about either difficult words or interpretations uh, or very significant words that we should be understanding as we look at these five verses uh, Pastor Evan, do you have a particular uh, word that is of uh, significance that you would like to discuss? Yeah, absolutely. It's the word found in verse 2. There's many words I would love to talk about, but I think verse 2 and encapsulates, uh, encapsulates what Pastor Hayden was just saying about how the struggle. It's because Paul loved, he was willing to struggle, willing to push through, and his love that he later in uh, verse for like the whole purpose of his letter, no, one of the purposes of his letter is to so that no one may deceive them with plausible arguments and deceptive words, which we'll talk about later in this podcast. But the word is uh, encouraged, and that word is actually you know, perikaleo. It is found everywhere in the New Testament. It's not just to encourage; it's a it's an encouragement that. Um, 
excuse me, the encouragement to be consoled. They were, you know, it could be someone's feeling sorrow or distressed. It's to encourage, to give them, to give them strength. Um, other passages, such as Acts nine thirty eight, talks about this urging. You turn to encourage and urging. Then uh, Matthew two eighteen to be to be comforted. Uh, uh, Romans twelve eight to one who exhorts. And so this is an encouragement, but it's more than just like a pat on the back, keep going. It's no, it's a what Pastor Hayden was just just describing. It's an encouragement that's a struggling encouragement. We want to help you help the our brother. He want Paul wanted to help his this church in Colossae to be encouraged to continue to struggle through the heresies that they're fighting to stay on track. And that his his love for them, he was willing to struggle and to love them and to encourage them, even though this encouragement was like one of those that's a struggling one, that's a hard one to do with someone who's maybe mourning or someone who's just down and going through a serious trial. So the that's the word I wanted to focus on is the parakaleo, the the encouragement, but it's more, it's a deeper word than just, oh, I'm just going to encourage you. Like, no, this is, I, I see that you're in pain and I want to bring you up. Focus on the truth of Christ. And it is uh, in the family of words of paraclete, right? Which is the Greek word for helper, the word that we get from a Holy Spirit, which uh, really talks about this helping uh, participation that we have. Paul uses the word uh, participation and the Greek word koinonia in a lot of his other uh, prison epistles like Philippians. Uh, and the same concept is here, that we are encouraging uh, being knit together in love. And so this is a participation together as the body of Christ to struggle, to encourage, uh, to reach the fullness of assurance of understanding and the knowledge of the mystery, which is Christ. And so uh, very good uh, word choice that we really need to be uh, wrapping our minds around as we're leading these groups and as we're preparing ourselves to participate in a sermon this week. Uh, one of the particular words that I want to look at that isn't necessarily difficult to interpret, but a contextual understanding of the term will really help us in verse 5 get a tighter grasp on uh, what the significance and the applicational effect of the words good order in the English are. It says in verse 5, For though I am absent in the body, yet I am with you in spirit. And, and here's what Paul's rejoicing. He's rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Well, uh, that phrase there, good order, uh, renders in, in the Greek as an understanding of uh, in right rank or in proper function. And it could be used in a military uh, context. Uh, but what we need to understand is the one thing Paul's rejoicing in the body of Christ there in Colossae or his hope or his expectation for them is that their church, whether it's their worship, whether it's their community and their fellowship, that it's all done in a proper way and in a good manner. And it actually brings me up to chapter 1 when it says that uh, we should all be living in a manner worthy of the gospel. And so this really is a continuation of that theme of doing things in right order or in a way that is worthy of the gospel that we have received. And obviously the continuation of that is that we would also be firm in our faith in Christ. And so that, that word good order may not be something that we spend a lot of time on uh, this weekend, but it should help you in your life group as we go through those application questions for you to see, hey, good order means that we need to be working in our proper function as a body of Christ. And that is really a part of us growing and struggling for unity 
uh, and the participation of the hard work and ministry that we have, that it all needs to be done in a specific way, and that is in proper rank, in proper order, and in the right functions that we all have in building God's church here and uh, at Compass. So there are some couple of, of words that are of uh, importance for you, but what we'd like to do now is uh, transition to the focus of this sermon. And then I really have three. Uh, Pastor Evan may uh, give some insights into a couple of these, uh, but really three focuses that I want you to get out of as you listen to this sermon this weekend and as you apply it through your life. And the number one is getting out of your comfort zone. What we've got to see here is if we're going to want to uh, struggle for ministry and we're going to have uh, care for the people that we've never even met or seen face to face, we really got to get out of our comfort zone. We got to move away from only interacting with people that we know or people who are like us. We got to walk out of our comfort zone if we really hope to build God's church here in New Braunfels. Uh, Many of you are either new to the area or those of you who've grown up here you still see a lot of people that you've never met or never gotten to know. And one of the important things for us, if we're going to struggle for ministry, we got to get out of our comfort zone. And that also means the second focus is we got to concern ourselves with others. We really need to be concerned about the lives of others, what they're going through, uh, not just be passing phrases like, hey, I'll pray for you, or uh, yeah, I was thinking about you the other day. But really, it's uh, picking up the phone, sending a text, getting a call dropping a meal off. I mean, little things like that that have big implications. And really what it shows is, hey, the church of God here really concerns ourselves uh, with others. Uh, Pastor Evan, anything you would add to that sermon focus number two with concerning ourselves with others? Yeah, absolutely. It means that we have the love of God in us. and it, we, we actually care about each other. It's something that you, know, Pastor Hayden, always emphasize in our you know praises and prayer time during life group of if you need to bring background into your prayer request, that means you're not connected to your life group enough. And if we're able, if we are truly connected, it means we're, we're caring for one another. If right now there's a lot of families who have sick kids, and so it's making sure that you're texting and calling them, making sure that they're doing okay. Maybe, as he said, drop off a meal and just send some encouragement their way. And the more that we care about people, but more importantly, care about what God wants for people. God wants us to be conformed to the image of his son. And uh, in Galatians 4, 4.19, you know, Paul is in great anguish wanting to uh, see Christ uh, is formed in the Galatian churches. They're fighting a different uh, heresy as the, as the Colossians. But he knew their issues. He, he cared enough to sit down and pen a letter to different churches and different people to encourage them. And and the more that we want God's goal for us and for our people in our life groups, which is to be conformed to the image of his son, the more that we will care, the more that we'll get out of the way to spend, as Pastor Hayden mentioned, spend the extra dollar, um, spend the extra hour, and to um, go the extra mile to care for our people and to care for your life groups. And it will turn into like an anguish. When you see your people suffer, it will, it will hurt. But another verse to maybe just jot down to read through later is Second uh, Corinthians uh, one four through six, and uh, how Paul uh, shows how to the Corinthians how God can comfort. But uh, Pastor Hayden, what else is your focus for the sermon? Well, that actually transitions into the third focus, and it is engaging in the lives of others. Uh, when we're getting out of our comfort zone, when we're concerning ourselves with others, it really pushes us to engage in the lives of others. And Pastor Evan really hit on that there because it is a natural outflow of concerning ourselves with others. But as a church, uh, we need to be those, especially life group leaders, where everyone knows it's your expectation to connect 
uh, and text and call and have meetings and do uh, triage counseling within your life group. It's so important for you guys to go that extra mile to say, hey, we're not only doing what is expected, but we're really going over and above uh, because we want to engage in your life. We really want to be a part of what God is doing in your life, and we want to build God's church here in New Braunfels. And uh, really, that's the f- focus is there, getting out of our comfort zone, concerning ourselves with others, and engaging in others' lives. Big focuses that I want you to really push and uh, our church. And it's really just the theme of uh, this week's uh, sermon for us is uh, really that we got to eagerly engage in the lives of others. We need to work to equip one another because we need full assurance of faith in Christ. Uh, and all this is so that the church is uh, functioning properly and that we have a really firm faith and we're not swayed by all of these uh, different uh, philosophies and plausible arguments. Uh, really, if we want to have a firm faith and a really strong church, we need to be uh, together uh, engaging in the lives of our church and our people so that we can be together, we can help one another, we can help each other uh, point out bad doctrine, point out uh, bad secular uh, theology that may work its way into our faith. And the best way to fight against those things is doing life together. Uh, so that's really the focus here. Uh, in this next section, we want to give you guys some good resources. We know a lot of you guys like to go the extra mile in your study, in your devotion time. And so we have a, a couple of great resources to, for you to either purchase or uh, have with you as you're studying along with us in the letter to Colossians. Even some uh, resources you can uh, share with uh, your life group this week. Uh, Pastor Evan, what's, uh, what's a couple that you have over there? Well, I think the a really good overview commentary to have in your library is going to be the Bible knowledge commentary. It's a very good overview. It covers every book of the Bible. There's an Old Testament and New Testament one. And that was just a helpful overview for uh, any book of the Bible, including uh, including Colossians. Um, another resource I think we'll, we'll be big fans of, it's, gonna, it's not a... Uh, user-friendly service, so make sure you uh, talk to myself or, or Pastor Hayden to help you get trained, but it's Logos. Um, I know Logos 9 has their basic package that is free online at logos.com, but it is worth the investment to start building your Logos library because you can not only build your resources of commentaries, but you can dive in into the under uh, into the original meaning of the words and do wor- uh, original word studies in the Greek or Hebrew. So those are a couple, but I know, Pastor Hayden, you have a couple of in-depth commentaries that you've recommended even for myself as we studied Colossians together. So what are some of the commentaries that you told me that, that I've purchased? Uh, one... Uh commentary is from the exegetical summary uh, series and it's just uh, you can buy the whole series but i would encourage you just stick with uh, colossians you can buy that online or on logos if you have it but the exegetical summary series uh, in the book of colossians is super helpful it really walks you step by step of the meaning of words and them in their context and it doesn't just give you one person's opinion the exegetical summary series actually takes all the major commentaries and uh, puts them in concise paragraphs and says, hey, here's where everybody on the spectrum stands in these understandings and ideas of this phrase or this verse or this word. And so very helpful in getting a good breadth of understanding of the whole uh, mindset and academia and, and uh, commentaries. Uh, one super easy commentary that uh, we would recommend is the NIV application commentary of Colossians. It's, super, it's pretty basic, uh, but what it does is a really good job of telling you the tan, the then, the always, the now. And so if you really want to give something out to your people, uh, the NIV application commentary in the letter of Colossians is super, super helpful. 
one final resource is not a commentary, but a book, and it's Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a uh, servant of Christ who really knows what it meant to struggle for uh, the saints, uh, some a guy who even gave his life uh, in World War II because of his desire to uh, really uh, delve into the struggles of others, uh, really sharing his life with people uh, for the uh, cause of Christ. And so uh, a great book that really dives into discipleship and community and the necessity of us living life together to really fulfill uh, the biblical command of community and discipleship. And, it is uh, a really good book. And it's, it, and like, re, I'd say buy the book for your life group, maybe read it together. Um, and the context of that book, he's challenging all of us to do life together in the context while he's writing it during the rise of the Third Reich in Nazi Germany while churches were being forced shut if they didn't comply with the government. And here he is saying, no, we need to continue to be faithful in our life together as Christians, no matter what the consequences are. So I concur, it's a great book. Right. Good. And those are some good resources for you. Uh, We'll always be giving you resources every week of uh, ways you can uh, deepen your study through the letter of Colossians. Uh, last and finally, we want to give you guys some big pushes uh, this week as far as announcements and things we want you guys engaged in. Something we'll announce this week that we sent out in an email uh, is our Serve Team Celebration. Our Serve Team Celebration is coming up on Monday, December the 20th, uh, and we will be having that at the Civic Center, uh, and we're really excited about it. The Serve Team Celebration is simply a time for us to give thanks to God for the way that He has used our lives to build his church here over the last semester. And so anybody who is on the serve team, anybody, no matter where you serve, whether it's set up and tear down or kids or students or uh, the food services team, any of those places, if you're on the serve team and you've been serving at Compass, we want you there. We're going to have games. We're going to have food. We'll have a place for your kiddos. Uh, It's just going to be a really big evening of celebration. We want to really focus on how God has used the lives of his saints to build his church here. Uh, And then the second big push is Christmas outreach. Uh, We want you guys to be pushing outreach into your communities, into your neighborhoods. Uh, We have uh, the time of year where people are going to go to church uh, just because, because it's Christmas. And uh, we have a lot of people who would never step foot in a church who will be uh, eager to go to church this this, uh, Christmas. And we have three services on Christmas Eve. Uh, We have more services because we want more people there, and we want you to be utilizing your life group uh, and our church as a really a catalytic uh, opportunity to go and reach out, invite people to church, invite people to these uh, Christmas Eve services, and uh, we'll be uh, rolling some opportunities and some resources out for you guys to better invite people to church over the next few weeks. So be looking out for those things, but really be thinking right now how you can uh, use your life group to be reaching out into your neighborhoods. On that note, we thank you guys for joining us on the first ever pre-sermon podcast here at Compass Bible Church in the Hill Country. We're so grateful for you guys for for leading, for uh, really taking up the mantle of uh, small group leadership here at our church. And uh, this is just one of those small expressions of us really wanting to pour a little bit more into you guys because of how much we love you and how much we care about you. So we're praying for you Uh, as you lead your groups this next week, and we're really looking forward to hearing about what God is doing in the lives of your group. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys this weekend. See you Sunday.